0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up on the program this afternoon, we'll get an update on the hog markets. Also, we'll get an update on the canola harvest. And up first in today's country comment, Cassandra Kochik with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers will stop by to talk about the soybean harvest. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Cassandra Kochek with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers to give us an update on the harvest.
1: The soybean and dry bean harvest is still underway. Things have been going good so far, and I think farmers are making really good progress with this sunny weather. So far for soybeans, uh, yields are ranging anywhere from under 20 bushels per acre to 45 bushels per acre in the eastern and central regions lots in the mid-30s, and yields have actually gone as high as 54 bushels per acre in western Manitoba. So higher yields where moisture was better throughout the season for sure, and lower yields where drought conditions were more severe. Overall, I'll say we're impressed with how resilient soybeans have been this season. And for seed quality, soybean seed size is small this year, and there has been a fair amount of pitted or misshapen seed from insects insect damage unfortunately
0: those late season um, rains did, did you think those had an impact or
1: it definitely depends on where the crop was at when those rains came if you were already at the r7 stage or beyond or if your crop was already drying down toward maturity the rains unfortunately would not have done anything for yield but regardless they're welcome to help replenish that soil moisture which is sorely needed
0: And what about um, edible beans? How are things uh, going there?
1: So for black beans so far, yields are ranging anywhere from 1,500 to 1,900 pounds per acre. And that's adjusted to 17% seed moisture. And pinto beans are coming off at 1,000 to 1,400 pounds per acre. When it comes to dry bean seed quality, there has been some discoloration in pintos and splits in both pinto and black beans. We've also heard there's some significant lagus bug damage this year to dry bean seed, and that's all around the province.
0: Cassandra, I've been hearing about um, a lot of regrowth, uh, I guess, in some areas. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what's what's been happening there?
1: Yeah, so one interesting thing from this year is that some soybean and dry bean crops seem to be refusing to shut down, where there's large patches or a few plants here and there that remain green, Um, and some have been pushing new flower buds, Over the last couple of weeks. So we're investigating what's causing this, but it's definitely driven by the crazy environmental conditions we've had this year and the shift to the cooler and wetter conditions. In some cases, we think they may be male sterile plants, which is a case uh, that we saw with peas in July in various fields. And unfortunately, these plants won't produce anything in good time. So the best plan is to work around them at harvest or to desiccate the crop.
0: That was Cassandra Kochik, a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba's canola harvest is expected to wrap up shortly. Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada talked about yields.
2: Still a very mixed bag. Uh, you know, we're moving into some of the, probably the nicer looking crops. so Yields are looking a little pro- more promising, uh, but you know, we've, we've had a very... Uh, wide range of uh, of yields this year.
0: And quality how's that been? Started off a little bit or, a little rocky
2: with some sprouting and germ and you know challenges with regrowth in the crops so or just harvest challenges. Uh, but you know quality's coming off okay. We we've, we've got a lot of smaller seed this year, but in the end the the quality and that oil profile is maintained in it.
0: There's been an increase in soil testing for farmers this fall. John Hurd is with Manitoba Agriculture.
3: They've come through a drought that they haven't experienced in, in decades. Kind of unfamiliar with what's that's going to leave the soil in what kind of state, what type of uh, nutrient return there's going to be. And so that's the, the key thing is to find out if I didn't take the nutrients off in the crop, what's been left in the soil, what can I exploit the next year. And then the other whammy to that is, you know, I just called up, my local fertilizer dealer, and and I'm able to get urea for, it works out to be about uh, uh, $910 a ton. So that's 90 cents per pound of nitrogen. That's pretty high, and if we can cut into those expenses with some in-soil reserves, that's good news.
0: 4-H Manitoba has announced the first recipients of the 2021 Leaders of Tomorrow Scholarships. The Manitoba government established a million-dollar endowment fund with the Brandon Area Community Foundation, which provided $42,500 for scholarships this year. Four current and former 4-H Manitoba members were selected to receive scholarships towards their post-secondary education. The scholarships were awarded in honour and recognition of four long-serving leaders. The 2021 Leaders of Tomorrow Scholarship recipients are Marika dewar Naroski of Newdale, Cameron Giannotti of Nipoa, Sarah Johnson of Dugald, and Raina Topham of Minidosa. And their critical care on the air radiothon for STARS takes place today and tomorrow. Colleen Mayer is Director of Donor Relations and Development for STARS. We're hoping to meet our $100,000 mark. Uh, it's a lofty goal, of course, but uh, over the next two days, Many Manitobans have, have supported us in the past and we're, we're really happy that uh, they've shown time and time again that they're so generous and they believe in the work that we do at STARS and they, and they come forward and support in so many ways. To make a donation, call one 57 stars or you can go online to criticalcareontheair.ca. And a big thank you to our hourly sponsor, Stride Credit Union. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Tuesday, September 28th. I'm Corey Canute Coming up today, we'll get an update on the hog markets. Joining us on the program today is Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services to give us an update on the hog markets.
4: Forward prices uh, took a... Uh, an amazing jump yesterday. Um, So, kind of a unique thing happened uh, yesterday. This was the first day after the uh, hogs and pigs report, the most recent hogs and pigs report was out. And what the report showed was a a really significant drop in um, kind of projected market hog supplies over the course of the next six months or so. Um, And actually, for that matter, beyond that. Um, But what... And so that that showed up immediately, kind of the first um, first trading day after the report release. Um, but that coincided with a change in the um, in in hog futures limits, um, so that there is rules that kind of govern how much the price can move. and uh, they expanded those limits to pretty much the largest that we've ever seen before, or at least in my uh, in my memory. And uh, consequently, we saw the biggest move in in hog futures and therefore forward prices um, that we've ever seen. Um, it was a pretty remarkable day, and it reflects the fact that uh, that hog supplies are, are going to be down roughly six percent, according to the USDA, from year ago levels, which is um, yeah, which is very significant.
0: And uh, what about uh, cash prices? So cash
4: prices are moving at a at a different pace um, you know we typically see more influence from seasonal- you know seasonality uh on kind of the the day to day cash prices that producers that haven't got a committed contract have um and so they've kind of been been lagging uh what we've seen on uh, on contracted hogs or on hogs that are referencing the uh, pork carcass cutout, so like the the value of the pork that the that the packers sell. Um, it's uh, all probably a little bit technical, but the 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 reality is the the report out last week will likely in you know help um, raise up those those cash prices as well they're still going to lag a little bit but um i think it's fair to say that we're looking at probably some profitable hog production uh in you know in the fourth quarter and in the winter time when typically it's typical you know it's it's difficult to find um margin there um so it's a i think it's a good and improving scenario on the cash front
0: anything else to highlight here this week or
4: it's a a unique kind of circumstance where um where we saw you know two major news items um the you know the tight hog supply still strong demand and you know and this change to the rules on on lean hog futures that uh, resulted in really an unprecedented move so it's um it's nice to be able to to report that kind of stuff sometimes
0: that was tyler fulton with hams marketing services giving us an update on the hog markets <music> continuing on today's prairie egg wire we're joined by justine cornelson with the canola council of canada she gave us an update on the canola harvest in manitoba
2: nice weather continues uh, last week, the province reported canola harvest being up over 85. percent um, So, like I said, we should be seeing that number come to an end here real quick and have most of that crop off.
0: Yeah, I guess with uh, expecting some warmer temperatures this week as well, so I guess that'll that'll help.
2: The uh, yeah, warm, really hot, dry conditions uh, progress. You know, no real rain or anything in the forecast to cause any delays. Um, you know, that being said, we've had some kind of tougher crops. Uh, going through now so it's nice to have this flexibility um, and open schedule to get in there and and take crops off when when guys can or when people can.
0: What are uh, yields looking like?
2: You know it's still a very mixed bag Uh, you know we're moving into some of the probably the nicer looking crops so yields are looking a little more promising uh, but you know we've we've had a very uh, wide range of, uh, of yields this year.
0: And quality how's that been?
2: You know, it started off a little bit, a little rocky, with some sprouting and germ, and you know, challenges with regrowth in the crops so or just harvest challenges. Uh, but you know, quality's coming off okay. We've we've got a lot of smaller seed this year, but um, in the end, the the quality and that oil profile is maintained in it. So,
0: yeah, and I guess touch a little bit more on that on that regrowth and some of the challenges there
2: brought in challenges, you know, not only to get the crop harvested off, but now you've got to deal with it, um, especially based on how dry it still is out there. Uh, you know, we we don't have a lot of available moisture, um, and we've got a lot of our nutrients still sitting in, in the field because the, the crops weren't picking it up. So, um, you know, trying to manage it in the fall just kind of sets you up um, much better for, for success next year. Um, so getting in there, thankfully, once the crop is off, you do have more options uh but being so dry you know herbicide carryover is something that we're starting to hear a lot of and and just kind of keep on top of mind of what that crop is that you plan to plant next year um if we continue in a dry cycle so uh there's been a few really great notices come out this or the past week um BSFs put out a, a notice to their growers uh just you know letting them know some of these these cropping restrictions and uh, in regards to canola right we are uh, concerned about group 2 carryover uh, so, like I said, just being being aware of, of, of what your available moisture and how much accumulated moisture you had throughout the season um, and, and what uh, those crops are going to look like next year.
0: Any advice, I guess, in terms of uh, storage, anything farmers should be considering? or
2: You know, if you had a little bit of green seed or maybe had some sprouting going on, being very cautious with those bins, uh, you know, aeration, get, um, just keeping the airflow through them. A lot of them are coming off quite dry. Um, but as we've got te- temperature fluctuations, you know, we've, we're hitting 30-degree days. Uh, there's been some really cool nights, you know, 2, 3 degrees. So um, just keeping that air rolling and then making sure um, you're not developing any hot spots as this starts to cool off as we move into winter.
0: Anything else you wanted to touch on? or
2: For next year, right, people are starting to pick out uh, cultivars or hybrids for next season, um, if they're looking at something like clubroot resistant hybrids, uh, now is the great time to get out, uh, take soil samples, um, and submit them to see if you have clubroot or not. And all Manitoba canola growers get free testing uh, through the, the PSI lab. So uh, a great program to, to make
0: That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canood. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management. Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. The online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. The Fall 2021 Regen Egg Grazing Tour is happening October 7th from 1.30 to 3.30 at Nurbaz Brothers Angus at Shellmouth, Manitoba. Topics of discussion include balancing forage to cow resource ratio, temporary fencing systems, and more. Registration is required. Visit mfga.net to register. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place October 20th at 9 a.m. via Zoom. You can go to their website to register. Deadline to submit resolutions is October 12th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Time now to check in with a couple of local farmers and find out how the harvest is coming along. Reporter Barry Lamb chatted with Killarney area farmer Ryan Swatsky.
5: Cereals have been done for a while. Uh, Canola has been wrapping up here in the last week or so. And the beans have been coming off quick and better than expected.
6: And on the canola front, how, how were those acres? How did they come off?
5: Well, it all depended where the showers fell this summer. And uh, so we saw some variability in that, but all in all, quite thankful for uh, what's in the beans.
6: And the bean crop, just a little update on how that went.
5: Yeah, a nice surprise for this year. Uh, I had low expectations, and uh, they were exceeded, so I guess that was a good thing.
6: And what do you have left to go, and and when do you get back into that crop?
5: Well, we have corn left in the field, so it'll be a few weeks yet. Uh, So we'll have a little bit of break here to do some other things, but uh, yeah, Kind of optimistic about the corn crop. I think uh, I think it should be a good good crop this year,
6: I hope. And depending on those rain showers overall, how, how would you assess this year's crop for yourself, Ryan?
5: Well, all in all, uh, lots to be thankful for. Uh, maybe not the most bushels we've ever grown, but these are record prices that we're at. So uh, can't complain. Lots to be thankful for. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, starting to plan for next season already.
6: And as producers work through this harvest, what about fall work and uh, waiting for moisture or getting the fall work done? What's happening that way?
5: Well, I would say we're sitting slightly better than last year in terms of uh, ground moisture at this time of year. Uh, rain would be much appreciated at any time. I don't think we'll turn away that. But, uh, yeah, I think there will be some f- uh, fall application of fertilizer. It's just a matter of figuring out about how much this year.
0: That was Killarney area farmer Ryan Sawatsky chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Warren McCutcheon, who farms in the Carmen-Homewood
7: area. I feel like we're making some progress now. Uh, you know, after August and the cereals kind of came off, it seemed like there was kind of a big break. And, uh, you know, we just kind of hurry up and wait to, for things to ripen here. And uh, if we finally kind of got the edible beans uh, done here yesterday. And going to try poking into some corn here this afternoon and see how that's testing and, and doing. So, yeah, I don't know, it feels like we're... We're starting to move forward here, and the end is getting to be in here now.
0: How did the uh, edible beans do?
7: Uh, not good. Yeah, it just uh, was not a, a year for them, right? With uh, how hot it was and, and minimal rainfall, that was that was a crop. Unfortunately, that did not take those conditions well at all, and uh, yeah, disappointing, uh, you know, especially with where prices are and stuff on them. Uh, you know, to not even have kind of a, a decent crop on them is, is kind of too bad. But you know, it is it is what it is. We saw what we could, and. Uh,
0: And the corn, how's that looking?
7: I I think the corn will be better, Um, you know, as compared to everything else. I mean, uh, expectations are definitely uh, not what they are some years, but uh, it's looked okay. Uh, We grew most of our corn on last year's edible bean stubble, which seems to have maybe a few more nutrients and a little more moisture left over from last year, uh, which just seemed to make a big difference. It seemed to have held on better than anything. So in relation to average, uh, you know, it might be one of our better crops this year, uh, you know, for uh, for what we're getting in these conditions
0: and uh just looking back on the cereals um overall thoughts on on that harvest
7: uh same thing I mean obviously the expectations were low um, we did have one wheat field that was okay just you know caught a little bit of rain and and uh, previous crop with edible beans as well actually so then I mean, it looked okay all year um you know, other than that you know there were some there' were some pretty tough fields too and uh, canola as well uh, you know half a crop kind of Kind of about everything that's, that's kind of what we've been looking at is, you know, half a crop, uh, edible beans is less than that, and then and corn, we're hoping to be maybe more like two-thirds of, of normal. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's kind of what expected was expecting with these conditions, but obviously a little bit disappointing as well.
0: And how are um, you guys handling uh, fall tillage here and, and fertilizer?
7: Uh, fall tillage is basically consisted of spraying roundup on anything that's regrown. Uh, you know, that's we've parked everything. Uh, just going to leave stubble stand and try to catch some snowfall if we do get it this year. Uh, you know, not a not a practice that's been done around here for a long time. You know, we've always tried to maybe do a little bit of fall tillage and you know get fields in shape and maybe get a little bit of fertilizer on and, and be prepared to seed uh, in the spring. But uh, just kind of making some changes on the fly here. That you know, some of our crops we saw this year, especially in you know in soybeans, that were seeded into zero till stubble. Uh, you know, or 10 bushel an acre better than stuff that was. It was worked around, so I mean, it showed a huge benefit this year, uh, even with the little tiny bit of snowfall we had last year. Uh, so, you know, we're just kind of making those changes right now. to kind of go to a minimum till strategy until we, until we certainly until we see the weather change, and uh, and who knows when that might be.
0: Did you see a lot of lot of regrowth uh, weeds and and I guess crops as well?
7: Mostly crops, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, well, we got that rain in the middle of. August, which kind of, you know, got a little bit of a growth on in any wheat that, uh, you know, gets, gets thrown out, uh, you know, during harvest, so, you know, it's a little bit growing there, which is typical. And, and you know, we burned that off. And then canola was the one that was kind of a struggle. The like, like canola was starting to kind of reflower within crop as we were trying to harvest it. So some of it we were able to get off before, and then some of it uh, we actually had to burn down before we harvested the regrowth and started to flower within the crop that was right. Um, so it's definitely a bit of a challenge, but uh, you know, we've, we've taken care of all of it, those fields down and, and just going to leave them be and, and hopefully direct seed in them in the spring and use up moisture as available.
0: That was Warren McCutcheon, a farmer in the Carmen Homewood area. We chatted earlier this morning. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Soil testing operations have been busy this fall. John Hurd is with Manitoba Agriculture.
3: They've been quite busy getting over fields doing analyses, and uh, we're fortunate. We we do have a bit of a heads-up as to what those results are. And when we look at Manitoba, we have, in much of the area that was, uh, i say, uh, drought-affected, parts of the southeast, Red River Valley and the Interlake area, over 30% of the samples are coming back with 100 pounds or more of nitrogen. Considerable savings there. For the 2022 crop, if we can put those nutrients to good use.
0: Manitoba's soybean harvest is continuing. Cassandra Kocik is with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers.
1: So far for soybeans, uh, yields are ranging anywhere from under 20 bushels per acre to 45 bushels per acre in the eastern and central regions, lots in the mid-30s. And yields have actually gone as high as 54 bushels per acre in western Manitoba. So higher yields where moisture was better throughout the season for sure, and lower yields where drought conditions were more severe. Overall, I'll say we're impressed with how resilient soybeans have been this season. And for seed quality, soybean seed size is small this year, and there has been a fair amount of pitted or misshapen seed from insect damage, unfortunately.
0: And the Critical Care on the Air Radiothon takes place over the next two days for STARS Air Ambulance. Colleen Mayer is Director of Donor Relations and Development for STARS. Mayer says the goal is to raise at least $100,000 and notes every dollar raised in Manitoba stays in Manitoba. From medical equipment and procedures, aviation tools like night vision goggles, training aids for human patient simulators cardiac heart monitors, ultrasound machines, everything that you would find on that helicopter, whether it's the crew and the training they receive or the machines and the equipment that are on there. To make a donation, call 1-877-57-STARS. You can also go online to criticalcareontheair.ca. And a big thank you to our hourly sponsor, Stride Credit Union. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the markets farm program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat about fall soil testing. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.